Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself. I, I think, I'm pretty sure I invented a new drink this week. Tell me more. So, long-time listeners will recall that I did have, you brought me into the whiskey bourbon era slightly. And I had, and I, had a, a, I think it was the winter of 2020, uh, where I had kind of a, um, a Bulet. That's a, that's a, a Easter egg for long time people, um, a, a whiskey phase. But I kind I kind of grew out of it because, yeah, whiskeys. It it it, even though it's the same like ABV as other things, it feels like it hits me harder or it's it's less enjoyable than other things. So, but but I've I've been looking for ways to reincorporate it. So I, I might onto the new drink though. So. I wanted a way to uh, take the edge off slightly, so I thought, you know what, let's say maybe two parts whiskey, one part simple syrup, one part lemon juice, to give it like a little bit of a citrusy kick. And yeah, I mean, I mean, pretty, it tastes pretty good, and I'm pretty proud of it. I think it was a pretty novel invention. Hmm. I mean, it's, you've, you've basically reinvented an old-fashioned with a lemon twist, but okay yeah no so you i was i was really hoping you would be a little bit quicker to the punch which is that once i googled this because i i this was something i invented after like i think at 1 30 in the morning on a, oh, a very it, it, is this after, after no hold on, hold on hold on after a very long night and i thought it was a novel invention and then when i googled it to see like oh are there any drinks similar to this i invented a whiskey sour uh, that's that that's probably that's what been I was... around for 100 yeah, shame on me. That's what I was just gonna say. Is is that a is that a whiskey sour um, combo? Which I, I which I should I, know because still... that was one of my drinks of choice in college. But it's... okay, so I'm, so I'm regressing. I'm I'm. You know what? It is when when you're this age, when you're in your late thirties, it is nice to have anything that makes you feel young. So you know what? I'll take it. But I was mostly just proud of myself. I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I I I read Cocktail Codex cover to cover. I was. I'm like, yeah, this is this is a pretty good bit of ingenuity. But then upon a quick Googling, I was like, oh, I bet I invented the most basic drink on the planet. And it works. Yeah, and I don't know. I, at least for me these days, a, a drink that's equal parts spirit and sweetener, that, that's, that's no, I, I'm, no, not, not, I'm not, not as into that. No, no, not not sweetener. So I I did, and this is this is eyeballing it. Uh, two ounces of bourbon, or sorry, two ounces of whiskey. I I don't care. They're the same thing. I'm not. I don't. I don't enjoy all these people who are like, oh yeah, this is uh, what, what's the what's the one, the pappy whatever. Isn't there like a four hundred dollar thing of that people get all fussy about the pappy Van Winkle? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a very fancy or not fancy, but it's a it's a rare ish mm-hmm. kind of bourbon or something? Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't care. Whiskey and bourbon are the same things. I know that's like saying all smartphones are smartphones, but I, I just, I don't care. But no, this, this is by eyeballing it. Two ounces of whiskey, maybe three quarters of an ounce simple syrup, one ounce lemon juice. I, I with most cocktail recipes, will take down the sugar content as much as I think I can. Because even though I have no science or data to back this up, I feel like I just personally metabolize sugar very poorly. So I try to excise sugar out of my diet as much as I can. So no, so definitely not equal parts spirit and 
sugar god no well i not not sugar but just like sweet stuff i mean you're well, your lemon quarter... juice is 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 quite the opposite of sweet stuff mm, okay well yeah it, tart i think tart that's what stuff I, I, Hold on, it's literally not the opposite of sweet sour. It's called a whiskey sour. (laughs) Uh, Turns out. Uh, I'm very very tired. Don't at me. It's okay. But anyway, again, that's, yeah, well, that's similar how I felt where just, yeah. I thought I I was on my high horse about making something new and very much. Well, I mean, good good for you for trying. I I don't do a lot of experimenting with cocktails. I mostly just look for recipes that look interesting and then copy them. I don't, I don't really do much in the way of inventing stuff myself. So yeah, good on you for trying. Yeah. But otherwise then I'm just literally just making um, a bee's knees or a French 75 every <laughs> night. And they're, they're fantastic drinks, but um, Oh, there is one where I think I only posted about this on Instagram, but there's um, you can find a link. Sorry to put more work on you. Uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, a couple of months ago posted a thing about the cocktail of the summer called the paper airplane or the paper plane. Um, I, I found it. I'll send you a link. Um, <clears throat> the citrusy so summer one, cocktail is a host's best friend. Is that the? Uh, I just sent, sent you a link. I that that sounds plausible. Um, so it's and I have. I did not know what Amaro Nonino was until there, there was, um, have you ever experimented with cocktails that have an egg white component in them? Uh-huh. Yeah. Pisco, yeah, Pisco there was, Sour is my personal favorite. I, th- um, I think it might've been, I was trying to chase, um, like a, it wasn't a mezcal sour, but it's something similar to that. But, um. Yeah, it had that, and I'd end up spending $55 on whatever Amaro Nonino was. But when I saw a cocktail that used that, I was, I was very excited to try it. So, so it's an ounce of that, Aperol, bourbon or whiskey, again, interchangeable because they're the same damn thing. And then either, and I like that it gives you the choice, either grapefruit, lime, or lemon juice. I opted for lemon because apparently that's the classic. But yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. And I was, I was intrigued because the... Um, Actually, rather nice photography on this uh, journal article is um, it pairs it with um, sparkling water and potato chips. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is up my alley. And can, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's worth trying. So if you've if you never had it, um, give it a shot. I'm generally not an Aperol fan, but I, I would try it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm like again. I don't know if you remember the whole Aperol Spritz oh, I, New York Times I, I pushback. Do. Yeah, but specifically the Times angle. No, I don't actually don't remember that part. There was a thing where the I think it was in 2018. The Times. It was kind of the Times is this. They're very very good at doing the hate read. So it's kind of like when they did the whole like guacamole, but you, you make it with peas thing. <laughs> like they'll, they'll every, whenever they feel like clicks are running low, they will find a way to make an article that makes everybody hate read it. And yeah, there, there was a NYT Aperol Spritz. Oh yeah. So it's, um, send you a link for the show notes. The Aperol Spritz is not a good drink. The popular Instagram-friendly aperitif drinks like a Capri Sun after soccer practice on a hot day and not in a good way. Um, so I don't enjoy an Aperol Spritz, but I do think in this one context, it actually does work well. I, there's something, I think it's, it's, um, 
it's a close cousin of Aperol. I think it's called Campari, and that I very much do not like. Or I've never had a drink that where that was a welcome addition. I, I guess with Aperol, the maybe the only way I've ever had it is in an Aperol spritz, where obviously it's kind of the predominant it's thing. A, so yeah. So if if it's just a if if it's a supporting actress or actor, um, that's where it's maybe better. If it's if it's the the lead, maybe not. Yeah. Have you um hey. while we're doing cocktail talk here, have you um done anything with that barrel gin? Um no. Hmm. I have dipped into the standard gin. Um because um, again, gin is if again for the exact same alcohol content as other things. Gin is a much more pleasant uh alcohol base to use. And it's in basically everything, so yeah. Been using that clear gin. Good. Yeah, we'll see. Once there's a reason once once some good news happens, that that will I'll I'll bust it out and make a naked ape or something. <laughs> the world has been light on celebratory things. I was gonna say, let me uh let me know when you come across them. Uh, you have good news coming all the time. I, that's that's fair. Personally, I do. If if you're looking uh, for uh, global good news, however, um, hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to bring something offline, online, but I'll, I'll say that privately. <laughs> anyway, um, do, 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 let's get into actual topics. Do we? Yeah, I'm sure there's follow up, but I don't think we need it. Um, it's an Apple week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, no, let's, 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 let's reorient this. Cause there was one thing that you sent me this week that I think kind of tops all the other news in terms of confounding just, it just the li- literal, like the, the expressionless emoji. So you sent me a thing. Well, actually, let me, let me back up a minute. So in the, uh, uh apartment building condo complex i live in the way that amazon packages get delivered it's basically like it's it's relatively secure so they kind of just deliver everything to just like the lobby and because there's a lot of apartments it's just kind of a a mess and people order a lot of stuff on amazon so amazon seems like it has no direction with its marketing whatsoever and amazon will frequently do the thing where they have like the box is just whatever they happen to be excited about this week or whatever biz dev people got the shipping and logistics people to print on the box. So sometimes, so I got a box that arrived very, very crushed today, but it had Thursday night football branding all over it. And it also had Lord of the Rings tape on it. So two competing unnecessary streaming video plays on me just trying to get a book. But it's you you receive something that took it to the next level in terms of bringing a streaming thing into like the tangible real world. And can you describe it? Yeah. So this came, this was a letter um, and a magnet, which. And it arrived inside because I mean, because Amazon has, uh, they've invested really heavily in. Uh, a, a logistics infrastructure where they have like literal vans that say prime on them that come to your neighborhood daily. So I'm assuming it arrived inside like an existing Amazon order, right? That's what you would think. But no, this came 
in an envelope through the U.S. Postal Service, which when I received the or when I saw the envelope in the mail, I have a um, Amazon Prime store card. And so I figured it was something about that. I thought maybe it was like an updated card or something. So I actually opened it, you know, pretty much right away because, again, I thought it was something to do with my my credit card. Yeah, if Jeff's sending you something in the mail, like it's got to be legit. <laughs> uh, but but no, it's 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 a letter that begins with "We're sending you this letter because you are an Amazon Prime member who has not recently used any of the video benefits available to you as part of your Prime membership," which is a very accurate statement, I think. <laughs> for um the older new housemate um i'm gonna i guess i'm gonna have to call them older and younger new housemates until you come up with a with a better phrase for me um i'm getting closer okay but yeah keep keep workshopping um i think we i think we bought something for her on that at some point like maybe a like a christmas special of, of some kind but anyway um even that has been, you know, quite some time now, and I could not even tell you um, the last time that I otherwise accessed Prime Video. So, you know, they correctly targeted me, I guess, as someone who has has not used their video service in some time. And so the letter goes on to tell me about a bunch of their um, original series and some licensed content that they have, and then, of course, highlights the fact that they now have sports like Thursday Night Football, or TNF, as they've really uh, leaned into calling it. And then the letter was accompanied by a actually relatively nice printout of the Thursday Night Football, or TNF, um, schedule for this season that um, is a is a magnet. So, you were alive in the 90s, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> or sorry, you, you were, I mean, this was very, and I don't know if this is very much an Orange County thing, but the big thing in, in the 90s in the suburbs was that realtors and like certain businesses and actually pizza places as well would always, because that, that was the trick. Like there's so many forms of direct marketing that are so easy to ignore and throw away even in the early non-digital, what's, what's the term for that, the analog era. But if you gave somebody something on a magnet, in the 90s, it was probably going to end up on the fridge. I don't know if that's still the same in 2022. But whoever at Amazon was like, is a, is, is a, is a child of the 90s, hashtag. Like, that's... Yeah, that's, that's... It feels oddly unsophisticated, but also kind of smart, but not. I don't know. I'm, I'm very... I was so conflicted about this, and it, it literally made me, like just stop working for 10 minutes to think about all the stuff. I I felt similarly. I mean, that that's why I felt compelled to send you a picture of it. Um, and I, I also wanted to take a, a picture of it before I threw it away, which is what I did. So it, it did not make the fridge. It did not make the fridge. No. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted a, a picture for posterity before this got thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming you didn't you didn't watch any of uh, Amazon's first broadcast last week. Fuck no. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't like football, and I don't. And I especially don't like. Even if I did care, it's like back when um, 
the MLB had a thing where like there was like two random games a year that were on f- whatever the hell Facebook Watch was. Like I don't even if that was the only way for me to watch like a, let's pretend the Giants were good this year and they're not. Like I would not I would I would pr- pr- like purposely not watch it. So no, I haven't. And I think I actually posted in, in Slack on that day when I was just trying to buy more trash bags, the entire Amazon shopping app, like there were, there were no things related to shopping. It was just a video saying, Hey, here's a, here's here's the, the lineup or the, the, the matchup between the LA Rams and the, the, the Charlottetown Hornets or whatever. Like it, it doesn't matter. But like none of it was related to shopping. It was just a way for Amazon to say, hey, we spent a lot of money on a thing. We hope you watch it. How do you watch it? Who knows? Let's send you a letter in the mail. But yeah, there's like, I don't know. I, I get it, but I, I don't. And like Apple's streaming sports rights strategy play it feels much more honest or, or straightforward. Like they, they own Friday Night Football and they're trying to do it their own way. And they did that big MLS deal. Friday night baseball, not football. Uh, tomato, <laughs> potato, whatever. Um, yes, thank you for the uh, real-time clarification. Um, and then the, the MLS deal that they had, like they're, they're buying chunks of rights that make more sense. And it, maybe it's just that football commands more, like it just the cost and the way that they've structured deals means that with the same, like you just can't, buy as much but i don't know a single game a week and trying to make that like just like the whole focus of like mind share you're trying to capture from your audience which generally is just people like me trying to buy trash bags it feels challenging to effectively leverage that so the and that's how you end up with magnets <laughs> The big, the big difference between those other examples that you've mentioned in this is that with both, you know, Apple and Facebook and, and pretty much every other like streaming service, they're when they've been picking up these sports rights, they've just been rebroadcasting an existing broadcast. Even Amazon actually has been doing this with Thursday night football the last few seasons. Like they've they've been showing Thursday night football, but they've just been rebroadcasting either the nfl network or like fox broadcast whoever was actually broadcasting it on tv and you know starting this season and starting last week this is amazon um produced broadcasts so so that that was the part that i was really interested in seeing but that i actually i I, i'm not on twitter but i forget where i i read this but like People said it was basically like it was not like Apple tried to do some new stuff when they did Friday Night Baseball. People said it basically looked kind of like not dissimilar from those two seasons where Amazon's contribution was basically just putting their logo on top of the NFL Network produced thing. Like people said it was very, very much not different at all. It, it, exactly. Yeah, that, that that's that's spot on. And that was. That's kind of what was disappointing. I mean, it was completely competent. I mean, and they had, you know, a lot of talent, including, you know, Al Michaels as as the the head color commentator. And, you know, it, it was it was nicely produced. Like the graphics were were mostly pretty good um and all that, but 
it just it just wasn't interesting at all. Like you 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 would think that a a broadcast which is you know only on streaming, like they don't have to worry about the traditional constraints of broadcast TV. You would think that they would do something. I don't know, more original or creative, and, and maybe they will. This is like I think they have a eleven year deal or something crazy like that with the NFL. So um, really? I, I think I had heard that shortly before. Um, the broadcast last week yeah or maybe something i read or whatever but um so you know maybe they will um do different things over time like maybe they're starting kind of conservatively this season but yeah it, it was a very traditional broadcast which, which was disappointing so from cnbc the new agreement runs through 2033 and is an 11 year media rights deal that will feature uh nope the super bowl will be returning to abc but amazon is paying one billion dollars a year right uh over the next 11 years to have exclusive rights to thursday night games yep Hmm. um so yeah it was um yeah totally competent that's (laughs) that's that was the phrase that immediately came to mind and i mean clearly um like very expensive looking like with you know all of the talent that they hired like everything about it just seemed very was it but was it better but was it better than a standard like fox sunday no no so, and, so it didn't look better it just didn't look worse it, it, exactly like it, did, it looked the same yeah okay um i mean and, and what when what, what fox probably does for like it's probably like again like it it draws a lot of viewers it's probably the most watched thing on like weekly broadcast tv so it's not cheap but it's not but it wasn't new right and of course just riddled with sports betting stuff <sighs> like literally Even in the broadcast oh yeah like the like the <sighs> the second i turned i turned it on maybe about 15 minutes before the game started cuz i kind of wanted to see what the pregame stuff looked like and like literally within the first like 10 seconds that i had it on they started you know talking about various like props that could be bet on and stuff and i was like yeah, of course which i mean and that's become that's become pervasive across all sports broadcasting um and so yeah of course you know in in keeping in line with the idea that this broadcast was very similar to what already exists like of of course they were going to lean into that you're welcome to nope out of this conversation really really quickly uh you you also think the legalization of and the uh integration of sports betting into standard sports broadcasting is kind of gross right it it it's not very tastefully done i would say yeah okay we'll leave it there uh anyway magnets how do they work or or whatever jesse pinkman said no it's uh, yeah bitch magnets there we go i gotta check how many views that video is up to Uh, anyway all right iphone season Mm Hmm. Yeah. You have a new phone, I don't. So tell me about your space black. Well, what fun, tell me about your celebrity sightings um, <laughs> at the Marin County Apple Store. And yeah, tell me about your space black iPhone uh 14 Pro Max. So yeah, I guess I guess we have to go back first to the ordering process because we we haven't talked at least not on the show since then. So, you know, like I do every year because I'm an idiot. I set an alarm for 4.55 a.m. on 
the Friday morning after we last recorded, which was the Friday uh, after the event. That's when uh, pre-orders were going live for both the iPhone, well, for the iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max. The iPhone 14 Plus, I think, is still a couple weeks out. Um, and then the Apple Watch Series 8, I think, also went went on uh, pre-sale. Oh, and the, and the AirPods Pro second generation. So woke up, um, like apparently everybody else who woke up at the same time as me, the Apple store, like just completely fell down on itself, which, um, was surprising because that has not happened in a number of years like that. If you go back to like the iPhone four days, that very much was always the case. Like it was such a crapshoot in trying to order a phone you'd you'd get a bunch of error message you'd get orders you know processing twice um all kinds of issues they eventually solved that mostly by building out this system i guess maybe like for the more like the iphone like six maybe where if the store was was like failing it would sort of like recognize that it wasn't working and it would say hey like it would send you an email that was like hey we've we've reserved a phone for you and we'll like send you a link to the store to finish your order like once it's working again it's like they did that for a while and then in more recent years the store basically has just worked kind of without issue but then (laughs) this year was sort of a a throwback to those early days where it was just kind of a kind of a mess so for yeah, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes, I'm like trying to get my order to to push through. And eventually, you know, got it got it to go through, got to the you know, basically like the checkout page. But the delivery date was already I think like the end of September-ish, something like that. So I'm like, uh, all right. So then I, you know, it, it gives you an option to also look into um in-store pickup. So I looked at that and sure enough, you know, our um, local Apple store still had, you know, plenty of pickup times for um, release day. So anyway, all, all along with a way of saying that um, for the first time in, in quite a while, I ended up going into an Apple store on iPhone release day to pick up my phone. And... The ex- the <laughs> I didn't actually um so I will so I I ended up seeing uh Leo Laporte he ended up coming in to pick up his phone I I was in the middle of my um like transfer process which was actually can you can you remind me so you, you that was that was a weird thing or not a weird but I mean you you it was a line you you threw out there that I was I was kind of confused about you you uh, on launch day chose to set up your phone in store i'm curious about that so i fully intended to because I, I all of the material that i was getting for like my pickup time was talking about you know personalized setup and so i I was like totally prepared to just ask when i got in there like you know hey like i, I you know i buy a new phone every year like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with the process like i have my icloud backup etc like can I just take this new phone home? But, you know, because I'm part of the iPhone upgrade program and because I was picking up in store, 
I had to turn in my old phone right then and there, which is, you know, different than having the phone shipped to me where what they, what they do is they just, you know, send me an empty box to then ship my old phone out, you know, kind of at my leisure. Like they give you a couple of weeks to do it basically. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you can just, you can have your old phone around to make sure that like everything transfers over and everything. Um, and you know, even with that being said, like every other year, I, I probably still would have been pretty comfortable with just saying like, yeah, go ahead and take my old phone. Like, you know, I, I have an iCloud backup. I'm confident that'll work. I actually also like backed up my phone to my Mac just in case to have like a local backup. Um, but the, the, the reason I didn't end up doing that is because of the, the eSIM thing. I wasn't I wasn't totally sure cuz I cuz my I still had a physical SIM card in my iPhone 13 and so I wasn't like a thousand percent sure that I was going to be able to leave my old phone with Apple and then take this new phone home and have it activate properly um because and this this is your area of expertise more so than mine but I was sort of under the understanding that as part of the activation process in a scenario like mine, the your your old phone and new phone kind of had to talk to each other to convert your physical SIM card to an eSIM. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seemed to be the case because, you know, when I went over to the setup table and it actually was kind of neat how they had it set up. Like they were so busy that they couldn't have like individual Apple employees helping each individual employees. So they basically just had like a table set up and they're like, you know, Hey, go ahead and start the process. You know, if, if you run into any trouble, just, you know, wave one of us down and we'll come out and help. But like, otherwise it was kind of just like a self-service thing, which, you know, was totally fine by me. Um, and so I, I started the process and, you know, one of the first things it does is go through the activation process and sure enough, like, you know, my, my new phone gave me like a, um, an activation error with AT&T, but then like right after I got that error, another screen popped up that was like, oh, hey, like, do you want to convert, um, the, the SIM card from, from your old phone. Cause I was doing like the, the quick setup process. So, so like the phones were kind of talking to each other. Do you want to convert your SIM card to an eSIM? And I said, yeah. And it did that. And then sure enough, it activated right away. So I, I think I might've run into some trouble if I tried to just do it at home. I mean, maybe I could have called AT&T and they would have all been fine, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I ended up doing it in store where I could still have my old phone with me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, is, it was it, is it basically those two same two tables in the back before you get to the genius bar or the genius grove? That's kind of their self setup area. Yeah, still? exactly. Okay. Um, and so, you yeah. know, I, I just did the thing where you hold the phones close to each other. Um, you know, they, you know, they, talk for a couple of minutes including like the the cellular activation process and then you know you you have kind of the two options you can either do a you know local phone to phone data transfer or you can do a restore from an iCloud backup the you know the phone to phone transfer takes you know the better part of like a couple of hours so i have, of course wasn't going to do that 
So I just chose the um, the you know the restore from iCloud backup, and you know that 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 was fine. I mean, the ran into a small little hiccup where my old phone wasn't connected to um, the Apple Store Wi-Fi. And then when the cellular service transferred over to my new phone, like it didn't have any sort of data connection. Um, and it tried your two factor code. Uh, it would no, I didn't run into that. It, it was, it was trying to do an updated iCloud backup. Like mm. even though I had done one right before, you know, I left home. And so it tried to do that for a while and then eventually failed out and then let me just, you know, choose the backup I had done. Or I didn't even have me choose it. It just defaulted back to like my most recent iCloud backup, which was from like you know forty five minutes earlier. Um, so yeah, that all that all worked. That all worked fine. Interesting. So, what do you think about the phone? Um, I guess it's the same. The same <laughs> as everybody else. Like the mm-hmm. the dynamic island is neat but isn't used for very much yet. So I'm excited to see what third-party apps do with it. And, and I'm, of course, excited to see live activities on it. I, I do think that'll be really nice. Um, the always-on display, I'm, I'm pretty lukewarm on. Um, it, I just, it, it, you know, I, I'm not using any of the home screen widgets. I just haven't found any that I particularly like or any that provide me with useful information that my watch isn't already providing me. That, I mean, that's the thing about the, and we'll get into an iOS 16, but that's the part about if you're somebody who is fairly committed to the watch, it, it seems entirely unnecessary. And also, even if you're not a watch person, not that useful. Right. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't find it to be all that, that useful and it's it's kind of distracting because it always i mean maybe this will just get better over time but like i still find myself thinking that every time i look over at my phone i must have just gotten a notification because you know previously that would be kind of the only time your screen would wake up if it was you know otherwise just locked so yeah, I I mean and you can turn it off, so I mean I could theoretically do that, but um yeah, I haven't I haven't really found that to be particularly useful. Um and then you know the camera, like my my impression is the same as everybody else's, which is that in most day-to-day use, it it's kind of just kind of the same as the iPhone 13, uh which was, you know, that was a good camera too, and so <laughs> the iPhone camera continues to be good, I guess is sort of the the story. And, you know, I, I guess like where the big difference is, is if, you know, you shoot in, in pro raw and take advantage of the, you know, full 48 megapixel sensor, but like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the camera is perfectly fine, but the camera was, you know, good, good before too. So yeah, I mean, overall, I, you know, nothing... Nothing super noteworthy, I guess, so far. Um, but I am excited to see live activities because I think that'll that'll actually not only really expand the um, use of the dynamic island, but also the lock screen too, because that that's the other that's the other place that live activities can live. So I'm I'm excited to see that. 
And when you were in store, did you have a chance to take a look at the purple? I, I didn't know that the Apple store was, um, it was kind of chaotic. Um, so I kind of just wanted to, <laughs> to get my phone working and then, you know, get out of there. I actually mm -hmm. did the, the one thing I did want to do outside of just setting up my new phone is I, I did want to see the Apple watch ultra. And I like, I was like looking around, looking around, I like couldn't, didn't see one. I'm like, God, do they really not have one on display? And then I realized, oh yeah, it's not, it's not out yet. I think it comes out yeah. this this Friday, so they you know they didn't they didn't have any of those on display. So no, I, I didn't I didn't see I didn't see any of the other colors actually. In the end, then before we get into the software, um, you had a concern about your phone specifically. Oh, um, right, um, the haptics are i don't know just much less prominent than they were previously on my iphone 13 um especially if you have the haptics turned on for the keyboard it it just it just doesn't feel nearly as as strong as as it previously did and I guess in some of the teardowns, people have seen that the the haptic engine in the new phones is quite a bit smaller than it's previously been, which which I guess led to some speculation that what I've been experiencing might end up being the case. But I yeah, I, I had you kind of um, test this out for me side by side, and, and sure enough, you confirmed that there's there's quite a quite a difference between the the 13 and 14 with the strength of its haptics. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a weird thing. Um, I mean, because that actually, it took me, um, when I was doing that test, it, I, it was hard for me to compare to the 13 Pro because I've turned off, other than the haptics on the keyboard, which we'll circle back to with iOS 16, my phone never vibrates because, again, if you're a heavy watch user, you've, I've, there's a thing where in the sound setting, you can say, you can basically turn off all vibration even if it's, it's in silent mode. So my phone generally doesn't ever vibrate. But yeah, it is oddly weaker. And I don't know if that's just a Pro Max thing or if that also extends to the Pro. It's a little, a little weird. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for what it's worth, like I thought the haptic feedback, um, again, especially with the keyboard, with my iPhone 13, was maybe a little too strong. Um, and so with my 14, I, I definitely don't feel that way. But I do feel like maybe it's it's gone somewhat too far in the other direction. Not, not really a big deal, but I, I kind of mostly just wanted to have you test it to make sure like I didn't you get, get a phone with like a, yeah, like a bad haptic engine or something. Well, cause that, cause that was also a thing. I think it was a series five watch. So it was one of the watches where you yeah, had a haptic engine, just a lot of the out of the box were just duds. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. But you feel, how do you, how do you feel about space black? Because you have gone through a series, you you haven't gotten a phone of a of a particular color since you 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 went for the the green eleven Pro, right? I did, yeah. But which, everything everything the past other two generations have been all black, right? Yeah, I've or gotten graphite or whatever. I've gotten yeah every version of space gray and graphite and whatever else Apple has called their uh, gray and black offering over the years. Outside of yeah, that one year that I got green. Um, yeah. So what do you think it's, about this year's black gray? It's better than space gray has been the last couple of years, which has been kind of this 
brownish gray color. It's better than that, but only by a little bit. The 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 sides, like the bands, um, the stainless steel bands, those look quite a bit better. Those are like a nice black, but the the back of the phone, I'm gonna hold it up here, is still I don't know, it's still got this sort of like almost like brownish hue to it that that just I don't know. It isn't really my favorite. Um I've hmm. actually I've got an order in for um a case. <gasps> I know. Oh my god, because yeah. you've always lived a, an upsettingly caseless lifestyle and it's always given your precarious situation as a, as a parent, not that that's precarious, but it, but it puts you in more, by proxy, it puts you in more precarious situations for phone damage. Right. I've, yeah, interesting. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I, um, I, I basically, any time the iPhone has had flat sides, which of course it's kind of had off and on over the years, I, I haven't had a case. The only years I've had cases has, have have been kind of like the um the soap bar years of the iPhone where you've got kind of those curved corners. That I've I've used cases in those years. Um but yeah, I I don't know. There's just there's something about um this phone and yeah, I mean maybe it is <laughs> maybe it is because of often having to, you know, hold my phone kind of at a weird angle or like kind of quickly put it away if I have got, you know, got to go do something else. Um that I I don't know. I just I don't feel I don't feel like I have a very good like grip on it sometimes. Um and the the and the, the sides of the of the pro phones especially just I, I don't know, something about this phone in particular, just the 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 slot the sides feel a little more slippery. Um so anyway, I I bought one of these I don't I don't know how you pronounce this to- totally, I guess. Is it the one where it's two E's, like totally? Yeah, exactly. I think this. I think is this a Marco endorsed case? I, I'm not sure, um, but it's 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 one of those like like really really thin cases. Like my my criteria for this were it had to be, you know, pretty minimalist. It had to have cutouts for the buttons. None of this covering the buttons nonsense. And I wanted it in a nice shade of green, and so they they had a phone they had a case that kind of checked checked all those boxes so um that comes I think on like Friday so oh and you know the other thing that I thought about too this time around, which I don't really know why I haven't thought of this in the past, but um the other thing I've become a little more self conscious about is without a case and you know, putting your phone down like the camera lenses are kind of like what basically take like the brunt of you putting the phone down. Whereas, you know, most cases, including this one that I'm getting, um, have like a little raised lip around the, the camera lenses. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that it'll, um, provide a little bit of, um, extra, um, protection to the the camera lenses which will be nice yeah that one kind of i mean i i wouldn't be too nervous about it like you have the sapphire crystal um protection on the camera lenses 
So that I wouldn't be too worried about, but I do, but I do think having a case period is is a wise idea, especially because the the stainless steel band, especially in the um the space black finish, which is mildly upsetting, just because they don't make that in the stainless steel Apple Watch anymore. So that's where all the materials are going, apparently. But like that, that's the biggest draw for having a case. But the 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 cameras they're extremely hard to scratch. But the one big advantage that you get and i don't know if this is the case with the totally case is that it makes it so that if you're typing on the phone on a table you either don't get or it's much less pronounced that you don't get that weird wobble yeah yeah and that's that's a huge advantage of of, of going uh with whatever the opposite of caseless is oh, so has it has it been in your, ex- your experience too that the the space black pro does like the, the bands of it just have a little bit more, I don't know, less grip to them. No, but I've also, I, I don't ever use a phone caseless. Yeah. I just always get a fairly minimalist or just like a, just a very basic, not too bulky clear case. It right. is what it is, is what it is. Like, cause I mean, once every couple of weeks I will just drop my phone or like when I'm out doing stuff, it just mentally for me makes it so much easier to just set my phone down on a not phone safe surface. Like if I'm just putting it down, like on a concrete, like something, it just makes me not stress out about it. So I, I, I just can't fathom ever have living a case free life. Yeah. I mean, that is the other thing is I, I, I think like two of the last three years I've, I've dropped my phone to the point where I've had to, you know, bring it in for, a repair, which you know, having Apple Care is ends up not really being like that big of a deal. But um, you know, if I can have a case on it that would have maybe prevented enough damage from happening to have to you know bring it in, like that'll be that'll be nice too. So we'll see. I mean, I may end up only using this case like in certain circumstances, um, but we'll we'll see. All right, on to the software part. This part we'll 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 make quick ish. You want to talk about iPhone or watch first? Dealer's choice. I'm most angry about the phone. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so, so two things. So I'm going to get the bees in my bonnet out out of the way first. So, did you ever use the? Are you always? Have you always been a system keyboard person? Like, did you ever when iOS eight came out? Did you ever experiment when they allowed third party keyboards? A a teeny bit, but but I've almost exclusively over the years been a, a default keyboard person. Um, yeah, I liked for a long while Gboard, and I can't tell if it's and that's that was the keyboard from Google, and I can't tell if it's that Google stopped updating it or Apple started just kind of making the third party keyboard implementation kind of crappy. But it, it got less reliable and a little bit janky. But the big benefits of, of Gboard was that it had emoji search way before that got integrated. And I think it was iOS 15 or 14, maybe, that in, uh, allowed you to search for emoji. But the big, big, big thing that it had before was that it had haptics uh, on the keyboard. And that's been a thing on Android phones for forever. And I liked it so much because I don't, I don't understand, and this is the thing that I think Gruber talks about, that he 
leaves keyboard clicks on, which feels like a thing only a monster would do. But like, because phones should not make noise and neither should Apple watches. But some type of feedback when you're typing is important. So something happened in the spring of this year where Gboard just got super unreliable. So I had to switch back to the system keyboard and losing the haptics was terrible. Like it, it made my typing way less accurate and it just wasn't very good. And I was so excited that it was coming back to the system keyboard. And that's been, that's the biggest draw of iOS 16 and it's, and it's nice and it's still not quite what it was with Gboard. Cause I feel like the system keyboard, maybe you can tell me if this is accurate, but the system keyboard autocorrect will sometimes like it's, it's worse than Gboard, but it will change words like multiple words later. Does that make sense? Mm, I mean, it makes sense, but I don't think I've really ever had that experience. Like I've had it where I will hit the space bar and I'm like, okay, I've seen that it did not autocorrect whatever I did. And then I type another word and then the iPhone thinks it's so damn smart that it will then go back and change a word two words ago to think it's more accurate than what I actually typed. And that's the thing I never experienced with Gboard. And that's one thing that I, I find to be a huge bummer on um, the native keyboard. But anyway, it's it's got haptics now, and I think it's better. And at least on a 13 Pro, um, the haptics are the appropriate amount of vibration. And I'm bummed that in a couple of months when I upgrade to the 14 Pro, it might not be that way. But <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, that, that's that's my biggest pro for ios 16 i guess and the rest of it's going to be negative so i I guess do you have any things about do you have any feedback on that or do you have anything about the i of ios 16 that you think is overwhelmingly positive the the one thing i think is overwhelming overwhelmingly positive is so you know of course there's all the the lock screen stuff this year and, and customization around it and you know as discussed earlier you know widgets don't really appeal to me i'm also not a huge focus mode person so the idea of having you know different lock screens tied to different focus modes like all that kind of stuff i'm not super into um i'm also not really going to spend a bunch of time like customizing the colors and fonts and stuff on my my home screen but the the one thing i really really like or the one new um lock screen type that i really 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 like is i think it's called photo shuffle and it's it's hmm. it's really neat. So what you can do is, well, you so you can first set it to change photos at different cadences. So you, I think you can have it do it like once a day, once an hour, or like once every time you unlock your phone or pick up your phone or whatever. Um. So I, I have it. I have it change photos once an hour. And then the other thing that you can do, which is really neat, is you can you can sort of specify what you want to be as part of the shuffle. So you, you can actually pick like a specific set of photos if you want to, or you can have the iPhone do it for you, but you can even kind of customize it from there. So you can choose whether you want like just landscape photos or just photos of, of people or, you know, combinations of the two or uh, pets as well as another category. Um, and if you, 
if you select people, you can actually specify which people you want to be included in the shuffle. So it, it's it's really um, customizable. And so I've, I've had that on, you know, pretty much since I upgraded to iOS 16. And it's it's really neat because it, it, it actually does seem like it's pretty smart about the pictures that it chooses. Like it, it really does seem to pick photos that actually sort of you know when cropped you know kind of fit the lock screen well and it's it that's that's been really fun because it you know it it picks some pictures like i haven't seen in a while or kind of forgot about entirely and so yeah it's that that's been fun interesting do you ever go into like when the when iPhone will sometimes send you a notification, I have it's like once a week, but it like it's like you have a new you have a new memory or whatever. Do you ever look in the um, is it called for you? What's what's the tab where it will try to surface? Yeah, for you. Do you ever look at that? I I don't do that very much. The one thing that I actually do find myself doing surprisingly often is if you do a force press on the photos app, one of the quick actions it brings up is quickly pulling up photos from one year ago. And I, I do that every so often, and that that's kind of that's kind of neat. I think that might even be a section of the of the for you area is like <laughs> photos from one year ago. Um, but other, otherwise, oh, no, good. I don't I don't really use that. Interesting. Oh, that's a pro tip. I did not know about that. And, hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Once once every week or two, I I do that, and that's kind of that's kind of fun. Uh, okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't like my home screen being that dynamic. And I guess that's maybe where why I'm like super anti-widget. Like I don't cuz the thing if you, if you listen to the Apple podcast circuit or whatever, like do you I I don't have not listened to ATP in 6 months, but do you still listen? I, I, occasionally, but not not super often anymore. I assume they're very very into this, but like I um oh yeah, so I, okay, just, that, I, that... I just sent you the my lock screen as it stands right now, and yeah, it's that's that's fun. Yeah, and and that's very appropriately framed for it, a for the tall. What is it? Twenty one, twenty one by nine. Like it's 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 good framing. Yeah, and that's that's it. It seems to to do a really nice job of that. So, I mean, my only critique so far has been that sometimes it it chooses photos that are properly. framed framed but are otherwise not very good <laughs> like they're blurry or <laughs> the lighting's really bad um so it 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 does do that and that that's not great but it but it does it does very smartly crop the photo and that that's neat yeah i like it i mean i maybe i'll give it a try i just mm. Uh, my nice photos aren't in my iCloud photo library. Like if, if it somehow had like a way to link into like Smug Mug or something like that would be maybe yeah. more interesting. Actually, that is, well, that actually is one of the other, um, I mean, very, very kind of Syracusean critiques that I have of this is that um, I can very much tell the difference between when it picks a photo that was taken from my fancy camera, like the picture that I just sent you versus one that was taken with my iPhone. Cause that's obviously really where you can start to see a big difference between the iPhone uh, camera and the fancy cameras. When you zoom in on a photo, you're just, you're getting, you know, so much more detail with the fancy camera. 
Um, so I, I can, I can pretty quickly <laughs> tell the difference between when it's, you know, picked a, a photo from one source or the other. That is the one thing about, I feel like there's some way where iCloud shared photo libraries will somehow give me the holy grail I want of making my fancy camera images easily accessible so, on my iPhone, but I don't know how. So, so we're, we're going to workshop this. So I so so the, there is a way to do this now. Um, the 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 huge caveat is that I believe it's still only available in photos on the Mac. I don't think they've ever added this to photos on iOS or iPad OS, but you can set up a smart album where you you can tell it only show me photos from a particular camera model. And so that that then filters, you know, just for photos that are from from your fancy camera. So I have a, I have a smart album on my Mac that does that. But I but I don't think there's a way <laughs> I don't even think there's a way to view that album on your iPhone. Like, so you, you definitely can't set it up on your iPhone. And I, I don't even think you can view it on your iPhone. But the thing that I want, because I've, I've thought about this, I've done like that mental experiment so many times, is that I want separation. Like I don't, it would make so much more sense and it'd be so easy if I would just go into Lightroom and say, hey, like the last 10 years of fancy camera photos, I just want to spit all these out into 70% quality JPEGs and I just drag that into iPhoto or photos.app, whatever the fuck it's called it, these days. And, but, but I, I, I like that separation of when I go to my, the photos app on my iPhone, that it's all my, it's all my iPhone photos. You, and then I wish that there was a way to just have a tab that was like, Oh, well, here's your secondary library. And I can do that. I don't want to see the fancy camera photos alongside my iPhone photos. Yeah, so I mean, like again, on the on the Mac, that's pretty easy to do with filtering, because um, I mean, because again, even I think in the regular photo library, you can just filter like on on photo source. Um, I mean, one thing you could think about doing with your iPhone is you could kind of repurpose the shared family library once that comes out. Well, that, that's what I'm talking about. Is that I want there to be a way where I can because I like I, my my Mac Studio is on all the time. Like I'm willing to have a separate user account and a separate Apple ID where I can just be like, hey, these are all my fancy camera photos. I just want there to be a tab in, yeah. or something in in uh, the photos app that allows or on my iPhone, which allows me to say like, hey, like here's your connected like my because my work phone is also an iPhone. And I'm part of an iCloud family share with myself under, under a, like a separate like corporate Apple ID. And I just wish there was a way to have like a separate thing that didn't make me have to ha like use Amazon Photos, which is increasingly not a very reliable way to do this. Well, but I, I guess I guess what I'm saying, though, is like once the shared family photo library feature comes out, like hopefully in 16.1. Like I don't, I don't think you need to have a separate Apple ID or anything. Like, why couldn't you just utilize that functionality, not share it with anybody, and then just put all your fancy camera photos into that library? Because it, because it is a, a, a totally separate library from your existing photo library. So it seems like that would be exactly what you want. Maybe. Well, but but then how would that filter them out? Where like I I don't want to see them alongside my you you smartphone photos you, you you don't. So the way it works is when you're in the Photos app, 
there is a view where you can combine the two photo libraries into a single view, but you can also view them in total isolation of each other. But how do I do that without a separate Apple ID? That's part I'm missing. Well, because the the family shared library is just something that you share with another person from your existing Apple ID. So what I'm saying is you could start using that shared album, but just not share it with anybody. So you're you're the only member of the shared library. Well, yeah, but that still requires a separate Apple ID. No. Why, why, why would it require a separate Apple ID? Then how am I uploading them? You, so when you, when you import photos into Photos app, you're going to have the option to, to put them in one library or the other. You can put them in your personal library, or you can put them in the shared library. And when you take photos on your iPhone, you can also choose which library you want them to go into. So you, so for you, maybe I haven't you, researched this feature enough. You that would, that sounds profoundly interesting, but yeah. I, so I think I think hmm. the way that you would do it is you would just have it set up where the camera app on your phone is always set to just put photos into your personal photo library and never to the shared library. And then whenever you import your fancy camera photos, you would always import those into the the shared family library that's not actually shared with anybody. And they're two completely separate photo libraries. Because this is the first feature that's ever allowed a single Apple ID to have two completely separate um, libraries, which I think is exactly what you want. Mm. So you'd be using it not for really its intended purpose, but I, I don't see why it wouldn't work. Okay. All right. I've got more research to do. That, that sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so in terms of the... So to, get, to, to wrap this up, to get more negative... Um, the bad part's about watchOS or, or iOS 16. I really hate everything they've done to notifications, or maybe I just don't understand it. I So here's the problem, is that Apple has never fundamentally rethought notifications. They, every couple of years, introduce a couple of extra features that sort of gives you more control over what grabs your attention and how notifications actually work. but They've never actually changed it much. And also, it's really, really frustrating to manage notifications on the iPhone still. But one thing that they pushed really hard on in iOS 14, I think, was that you, and it would actually proactively surface this, they would have a thing where it was like, do you want this app to, uh, do you want these notifications from the New York Times app to deliver quietly? And that's a feature that I actually did embrace. And so basically, like I didn't want whenever there's a alert, a news alert from the Times, the Wall Street Journal, or the Chronicle, I wouldn't want that to tap my wrist. But I did eventually, like I did want to see them, so that way, whenever I pick up my phone and I haven't like seen it in an hour and a half, like I can see, like I didn't get an alert, but I, the notification center, I would see and can easily catch up on the stuff that I missed. But now in iOS 16 you don't ever see those alerts. You have to, do you have your phone in front of you? I do. Like if you just, so if you just, if, if it's on the table and yours hasn't always on screen, mine doesn't, I just, I tap on it and then I have to swipe. Like it, it pretends like there's no notifications waiting for me whatsoever. Right. Even if it's not in do not disturb. And then I have to swipe up to see anything that is currently set as deliver quietly. So I can frequently go most of the day without knowing that there was stuff that I probably would have wanted to see. Like, I didn't want it to interrupt 
me entirely by giving me a watch notification, but now I don't even see it. And I hate that. So I don't know, like I know there is a way to go into settings and then notifications and I can change it back to how it was, but it feels like that defeats the purpose of any type of enhancements they've made to notifications. So like, do I just have to not have deliver quietly turned on? Like I, I don't, I don't know what they've, I, I, I haven't gone back to look at the WWDC keynote, but I don't remember how they framed the improvements or reimagining to notifications. So I don't know like what the philosophy is here, but it's way worse than it used to be. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, the um the notifications um basically being hidden on the lock screen. I, I haven't been a huge fan of that either. Like the I, I think the way this works is also like if you view a notification on your watch but but don't clear it, I think that also relegates the the notification basically below the lock screen and so you have to swipe up on the lock screen to be able to see it again which like i get what they're trying to do like make notifications less distracting and have them clutter up your lock screen less but i don't i don't know if what they've done in ios 16 like makes notifications any better like we we've been talking about this offline online like it's it's different but i don't I don't know if it's better. Correct. But also like, there's no, like if there was a thing that said that somehow like indicated like, Hey, you have notifications that aren't visible. I would kind of be okay with that. But right now, unless you know that you need to swipe, it's like, they're not even there. So that's where that doesn't make any sense. I I think there is a setting where and I don't think this is exactly what you'd you'd want. Like it'd be kind of solving one problem, but but creating another. I think there's a setting where you can always have it display on the bottom how many notifications you have. So like it'll literally just say like four notifications. But but with that, you you never see any notifications, like even ones that you you know haven't previewed on your watch or something. So like they would all be hidden down there, and you and you'd have to swipe up to see any of them. But I think at mm-hmm. least you would know there are some there. Yeah. Which with, so, the, which, which with the default setting, yeah, there, there's nothing indicating whether there's any notifications not visible on the lock screen or not. Like the only way to find that out is by swiping up. And sometimes you swipe and, up and it says, hey, you don't have any notifications. And that's the thing I hate, which is that that's the part that I have, even though... Uh, for for another episode or or not an episode my like my sleep schedule and also my attention issues notwithstanding like my whole thing is i've been trying to not just passively check things like just like swiping to refresh like just to hope or to like not know if something is there that seems like the opposite of, of of something that would make life easier is if i now have another thing to manually check to see if there's stuff that wants my attention. Like I, I don't get how that's better, but I also like that is the one thing that's kind of interesting in the way that this has changed is that I will like wake up and look at my phone and like, Oh, I don't have that many notifications. Great. Uh, apparently the world's not on fire today. Uh, 
spoiler alert, it is still on fire. So then I will, it'll be 11 a.m. And then I will go and remember, oh, I should go look. And then I will notice that, hey, like the, the, the Times and the Chronicle combined have sent like 20 alerts in the past 12 hours. And like, I don't want to turn those notifications back on, but like, that's, that's not the solution. Right. No, no. Did I take that picture? You did. Mm-hmm. That's a good photo. Good job, me. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. That's good. But I like. Yeah. I. I. I think I need iOS sixteen point one and a more dependable way to get my fancy camera photos into here for me to want to have this feature turned on. Because right now I just have a picture of like my lock screen is very sparse and it's just a picture of Zion National Park that I took with my fancy camera. Like, I don't, even though I do like the For You section, I don't want it to have just random-ass iPhone photos. Like, I, I know it would make reasonably smart decisions, but I don't, I don't like when software thinks of things for itself. Right. Yeah, but in, in, the, in the past uh, 15 minutes, it has made two very wise choices of a very cute kiddo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't and know. I do, and I do appreciate that you, you have made, you, you've employed the less chonky clock font because that is the oh. other part is that okay, did we did we cover sorry please make your, your what the, the point i rudely interrupted you for but also the way you create lock screens is a fucking mess <laughs> yeah no i i guess it, to, to like correct myself from earlier like the one font modification i have made was i, I changed the the clock because the the default font on the clock is way too thick what, so that, what was the darth tweet like why why is the why is the clock font so chunky, Tim Apple? Or ba- ba- basically, yes, I'm like that. Um, yeah, so I changed the the font to the slightly less thick um, clock font. So that, that's the one change I made. Um, no, the, the thing I was going to say is like the one thing with Photo Shuffle that would really make it great. And maybe you can do this. I, I don't think you can, but it would be great if if you could specify like only choosing fancy camera photos. Um I and I guess you you I mean you could hack that together if you um manually selected which photos you wanted to be part of the shuffle cuz you could then, you know, only choose fancy camera photos, but that's, I mean, that's, that would be a that's lot way of, less fun. Yeah, they would like, be that's just basically yeah. just like, it's like creating like an uh, like a a bespoke album for like your Amazon Echo. Like sure, but that's I mean, at that point, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, if if there was some way for me for like once that iCloud feature rolls out, and if it was like, hey, if camera model includes Sony ILC A7 or I4 or whatever, like I mean, like that that would make sense. But or if if, if like there was like a criteria that's just like is is photo quality equals good, like that was that would make more sense. But currently, yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Cuz I literally never like I I don't think in my entire life I've ever used portrait mode intentionally. Like I've I've used the 2x and 3x lens, but like do you ever use portrait mode? Very selectively. I I sent you that one picture from uh when we were in Avila Beach over the summer where just the, the lighting and where we were like I thought it was going to be a good it was, it was a gimme for the camera. Like, it's like, there's it, no way it could somehow it, mess this up. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, every, every once in a while I do it, but very sparingly. 
Yeah. Um, other iOS 16 stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really think there's much here. Like, I don't, I don't ever use the home app. You might have more insight into that. Apparently, it's been redesigned this year, but I, I, I don't. It's, is there is there a way to control the LG air conditioner through the home app? Because if so, I hate the LG app, so that might be a reason to use it. But I don't. Otherwise, I don't. Think, I, don't. I don't think LG supports HomeKit. Um, my quick review of the home app is it's less bad than it was before. But it's, is it it's still not worthwhile? Because on iOS 15, it was a a, a nightmare. Like it it felt like. Yeah, it's really bad. It, Sorry, let me try. To, let me open it. It's it is it's a lot. Is it logical? Better. Yes, because it wasn't in prior years. It it is. It, it it's it's more logical and it's also um I guess stream streamlined is the word that you would use for it. Like essentially is everything it? is accessible from one screen as opposed is to it? before. Yeah, because before remember you like well, had to go from like room to room unless you like well, favorited something. So I opened it for the first time, and I have three rooms called default room, and I have a sea of devices that say no response. <laughs> so, well, that's <laughs> not, neither of those things has anything to do with the home app necessarily, but speaks I, to I, the never... speaks to the broad idea that we've discussed many times on the show, which is that smart home stuff is bad. True story. <laughs> Again, smart home stuff—it's it's like it's like Congress. You, you don't want to know how the sausage is made, and generally, the sausage never gets to your table. Right. All right, watch OS, or do you have anything else on iOS? Um, no, I'd say let's let's do watch OS and then um, wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. Uh, do you have any thoughts, or do you want to just complain for a bit? I I mean I I guess I guess my review is is somewhat similar to iOS 16, which is like I'm. I'm just, I'm super ambivalent towards it. Like I can't, there's, there's nothing in watch OS nine that I look at and be like, yeah, this is a super big improvement over watch OS eight. There's also not anything that I think is like a complete disaster or like a huge step back. Um, I, I guess my biggest complaint is that I'm, I'm not a huge fan of how notifications are handled on the watch either. Like ding, ding, ding. The, the thing that they've tried to do is they've, They've basically made the watch do the same thing that the phone's done for a while, which is if you get a notification while you're using your watch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In- instead of doing like a full screen takeover, it um, it just shows you a little banner at the top. Like iOS, as an example, did this where like when you receive a phone call now, like instead of taking over the whole screen, it just shows you like a little notification at the top, which which on the phone is great. It- Except on your phone, it's a six point seven inch screen and not a one and a half inch screen. So that that's the thing. Like, it it makes it's it a terrible so that decision. yeah, when when you get those little banners at the top, you you really can't see what they say. So they're they're just not really useful at all. And then the other weird kind of notification thing that it does now is when you do get a notification where you know you're not actively using your watch already and so so that you know takes up the full screen just like it did before which is which is what you wanted to do it's trying to do this thing now where it like gives you like a preview of of what the notification is so if it's like a new york times headline Mm -hmm. it'll like show you you know the first few words of it and i i don't know if apps maybe just need to be updated to better support that but like the, the notifications that you get end up just basically being cropped kind of weird and like that additional information it's trying to show you just makes the notification look 
kind of cluttered and doesn't really actually end up providing you with much additional useful context. So that that kind of needs to be cleaned up either through the OS or maybe through app updates. Okay, so you, you highlighted the two biggest ones for me, and I I think I have a more negative take than you, uh, like a story of the podcast. But like <laughs> the, the thing about, so the watch screen is too small to support, the, the watch screen is, so the issue is the watch screen is too small, and the watch is not as useful as Apple thinks it is, I guess. If they have somehow arrived at the point where they think that you're doing stuff on the watch where a notification taking up the entire screen is somehow obtrusive. The watch is a one and a half inch display. What could you possibly be doing on it where truncating a notification onto a banner that's like a third of an inch is somehow an improvement? I don't, that part is super annoying, but that only rears its head when you are actively staring at the watch, which I mean, I, I guess fine, but like it, 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 that, 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 that's silly. That one makes no sense to me. Nobody is doing stuff on the watch that's substantive enough where the notification taking over the entire screen is is somehow that disruptive. The other part is I hate, like I I don't, and I tried to figure out how to turn this off and you can't. Is is and if the listener has a different idea, please, please at Ryan and then he can tell me. But like there is no way to turn like I don't want to know that somebody sent me a text message and to see the first 10 words of the text message. I don't want that. So unless I turn on like full notification privacy, I don't have a way to turn that off. I, I, I mean, do you like the fact that it now, because the thing was like, when you got a notification, it would show you the app and it would show you a title for the notification, but it wouldn't actually show you the contents of the notification if your watch was unlocked. Do you like the fact that it now also shows you a certain amount of the actual contents of the notification? Like, when I get a Slack message or a text notification on my wrist, I don't want, and this, even with the always on display, if my wrist is facing out or I'm not looking at it, other people can still see that notification. Like, I, I don't like that. Do you? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. Um, I, so I'm, I'm looking at the notification settings in the watch app. And I've tried every uh, version okay. of there's one where it's like, so if you go, so what, what is it called? Like, cause I tried this multiple times. I'm like, Oh, like this must be something easy to turn off. So if you, if you turn on tap to show full notification, it then shows you nothing. Like it doesn't even show you who it's from mm. and then show notification on wrist down. I also tried turning that off. That doesn't do it either. So I have not found a way to turn this off without making it so that it just doesn't deliver notifications at all so if you, if somebody knows how or you figure it out please let me know but i can't figure out how to do this like it's not the end of the world but it is it's it's not it's not adding enough usefulness where i feel like this is a benefit for people and for me the privacy loss is no like like i i kind of i like if somebody's sending me something that i don't want to read like <laughs> i don't know like i i don't I frequently will want to know that, hey, this person sent me a text, but I don't actually want to know the content of the text so, so that I can, I know that this, this is a weird um, no, I, I, mental I, thing, but I, 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 I don't it. want to. I get it. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I, if you get an email from somebody, like you kind of don't need to know the body of it just by having looked at the time on your wrist. 
I don't. I did, yeah, I, I'm. I'm really surprised that, um, at least for messages, that's not an option. Like, I, I guess I. I would sort of get if that wasn't an option globally, although maybe it it should be. Um, but I, at least for messages, I. I would think there would be a way to basically keep notifications the way that they previously were, where you could see who they were from, but none of the contents. I, that, that feels like something yeah. they'll add back. Yeah, we'll see. Other bits on this one. So uh, the so I have uh, very much liked the Apple Watch. It's become much more valuable for me this past year in terms of running without my phone. And one, WatchOS 9 has absolutely broken Spotify on cellular. So Spotify will work for one song. And it will not play another. It, it the fast the next track button does nothing. So I have had to rely on copying my running playlist onto Apple Music, which I do also have a subscription for. So I, I now have to use Apple Music to listen to music without my phone, which is dumb. And I, I I'm guessing it's not Spotify's fault. Like I mean, it just straight up doesn't work anymore. And this is there are numerous threads on Reddit of many people who use alternate streaming services, and it just straight up doesn't work anymore it seems it seems like the challenge with that too is watch development's got to be super low priority at spotify and other places so that's i mean that's the thing where like when cellular streaming first came out on a watch show or like apple watch series six maybe like it took it took a long time for them to actually make something that actually functioned and i was and that's where it's a feature that i didn't actually wasn't able to bank on for quite a while but like the entire time I had the Series Seven, it had been rock solid. And the like, I, I have a whole workflow for running without my phone, which is that I log a activity using the workout app, and then when I get home, it the uh, I have the middleware app, uh, Health Fit, that will then interpret that data and automatically synchronize that to Strava, and it all works out fine. And I'm able to use um, the workout app strava on or sorry uh spotify on cellular and my beats fit pro and i have a great experience but currently that is absolutely broken and that pisses me off so much so that that so watch os 9 broke that and the other bit was they and i talked about this a whole bunch during the wwdc keynote talking about watch os 9 stuff is that oh the the workout app is getting so much more robust and it's got all this extra stuff in it and it's fine like it has these weird what did i i put in in slack like there was a thing about there were all these new valuable valuable running statistics that you would get from this new application and um what was it i show 30 more replies so i can now get Oh, I don't see it. But like there's like running contact time and stride. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that sure there's now extra data being exposed based on the sensor information, but it doesn't tell you like what the range you're supposed to be in is and like it's just none of it's useful. So like I mean it's not really a complaint, but I just I just don't get it and I'm extra sour about it because it broke the one thing that made the watch useful to me. I, I don't know. It is yeah. So so it, sorry. Ground ground contact time, vertical oscillation, and stride length. Sure. So my ground contact time is an average of two hundred and seventy milliseconds. Great. What's the appropriate range? 
No idea. Vertical oscillation, 10.6 centimeters. What does that mean? I don't know. Like, I, I, I get it, but I don't. And if stuff actually worked, I wouldn't be miffed by it, but I kind of am. So, I mean, is, is using the Apple Music app, since you do also have a subscription to that, like, is that really all that different from using Spotify on the watch? Well, but the only reason I have the Apple Music app is like it's it's because like I use Spotify for my music listening. So when I make an update to my running playlist, like I don't like I don't ever like if I'm if I'm listening to music on my iPhone or my Mac, I'm never using the music app because I like Spotify. So I have to go manually update it. Like the only reason I have a playlist in Apple Music is as a backup in case Spotify somehow catastrophically fails. So I don't like any time I add a new song to my running playlist that I have to go into the still, which in 2022, the music app on the Mac is just such a steaming pile of garbage. Like it, it, I don't, they keep rewriting it, but it's, it's still bad. And it's still always telling me that more than five computers are authorized. I only have one desktop and one laptop. Why are you always mad at me? I pay, anyway. Like it's just I, I I resent the fact that it, it that I have to have my music in two places just because Apple decided to break something. So I take your point, but it, but it's it's it. There's no automated way for Apple Music to know that I added a new song mm. in Spotify. Yeah, I, so, I see know. that. Anyway, do you have any watchOS stuff, or are you pretty meh on it, or or nothing other than notification stuff has actually surfaced for you? Um, it's really just been the notification thing. Um, and I guess, you know, similar to, to iOS 16, which maybe I've already said this, but like, there just isn't, there's no standout feature from it where I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. Like this is, this is new and exciting, or this is a huge improvement. Like with both iOS 16 and watch OS nine, there just, there's just nothing that really stands out. I mean, yeah, maybe you... maybe live activities will become that you know once that once that rolls out. But does that it, apply to the watch at all, or is it straight is straight up a, an iPhone only feature? I think that's an iPhone only feature. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah. Meh. And and again, we are we are both decided that no Series Eight. There's literally no reason to upgrade. Uh, right. Of course. Okay. All right. Any other iOS stuff or are we good? I think we're good. Cool. All right. Chef specials. Okay. Have you heard of this? <laughs> uh it's so what you just sent me, it's like uh the early twenty tens startup name, so it's crumble with no vowels. Right. Mm-hmm. Wait, is is you a vowel? Ah shit. Um, what is what's a crumble cookie? So you, you you've not heard of this because I felt I have like no idea what okay. is this is this, is this a restaurant or is this a or is this a by mail? This is like a a, a blue apron thing. So they no they they have um, actually many physical locations. Um, Are there I, any in SF or Marin? Yes. Well, not not, not technically Marin, no, but clo- close. Close. Um, Are there any in San Francisco? Are there any nearby to me? I I I think the only one in the Bay Area is, uh, well, there's Petaluma, and then I think there's also one in Santa Rosa, um, out of Foster City. Okay, anyway, all right. Oh, okay. So yeah, there there's one down south too, or yeah, to to the south. Um, 
And there's one next to the Tesla factory. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I, I had, I had felt like maybe I was behind the times here because this company has been around for, for a few years and does have, yeah, like a million locations nationwide, but this, this location that's, you know, relatively close to, to me here in Marin is, is pretty new. And so that's, that's how, um, we ended up hearing about it and we've, we've been a couple of times over the summer and it's, it's pretty great. Um, like these cookies are are delightful. So what is this? So the, their whole thing is that they have really unique flavors, and my favorite part is that they they change them every week, which is which is fun. Um, they also have a really really great um, like digital media slash software team where like their website's really nice and their their ios app is like one of the best ios apps like you'll ever use like they have they support like every new feature like you they even support the thing where um i remember in one of the keynotes years ago they were they're like hey we're updating siri to like allow you to order your like phil's coffee using just siri remember when they like showed that off I do, um, but you had to manually set up like a Siri shortcut to use it. But yes, yeah. Well, so anyway, like you, you could actually like do that with with the Crumble Cookie app. Like it's it's, and I think they have like Siri shortcuts support. Like it's 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 awesomely like like they 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 support their iOS app like better than like Omni Group does with OmniFocus. Like it's it's always like adopting the latest and greatest in iOS features, which I which I appreciate. Um. And yeah, I mean the the cookies are just like amazing. Um, so it's 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 been a fun been a fun place to go to um, every once in a while. So the 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 cookie flavor names feel like they could be apple color names. So dark dream, <laughs> <laughs> dark dream is the color that the iPhone uh, 15 is going to come in. Um, Peanut butter munch feeding featuring Muddy Buddies trademark. What the fuck is a what's a Muddy Buddy? I I was not familiar with what that was either. I think it's a cereal. Do you, do you know what it is now? I think it's a cereal. Do I want to Google what a Muddy Buddy is? <laughs> let's you know. Fuck it. Let's go. You, you hmm. yeah. You want to be you want to be careful. <laughs> wait. So if I I I typed Muddy Buddies into Google, now that's gonna go to the NSA or whatever. So in, 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 in the Google, like, what, what's, I don't know what the name is for the box on the right, where it's like, hey, here's what I think you meant. Apparently, there's a snack called Puppy Chow, also known as Monkey Munch, Muddy Buddies, Muddy Munch, Reindeer Chow, or Doggy Bag. Isn't, oh, it's from the Midwest, no, no, of course. Um, recipe's name, uh, melted, uh, cereal, melted chocolate, peanut butter, and powdered sugar. Yeah, this is very much a Midwest carnival food. Not not in a bad way, but it's like very much like kind of that in the spirit of very unhealthy. Okay, so how are, is this reasonably priced? Yeah, they they are. Um, like it's not like San Francisco like five dollar a cookie type pricing. No, um, or is it? I, you, you, you paused. So well, I because I, I'm kind of I'm I'm stalling to to pull open the. Uh, let's see here. Do the store pickup, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so a 
four pack, which is what we've gotten a couple of times, is like a little under sixteen dollars. It's like four dollars a cookie. But they so the the, <laughs> the cookie so the the cookies though are massive. Like they're huge. So like what's, what's the day? What's the diameter? Um. I'm so I'm so bad with putting numbers to measurements, but isn't that, wait, that's, uh, that's your that's that's kind of the, your thing. Not I'm not an architect, not really. Um, anyway, um, I I I I can't give you an exact number, but they're they're huge. Um, it's it's not like like when you go to Safeway, you buy like a Chips Ahoy, like it's not like a two inch diameter. No, cookie. no, no. I mean, I I guess like the the best way I can describe it is like. What about those um, uh, blue bottle uh, ginger molasses cookies? Is that size? They're bigger than that. Huh. Um, okay. Like, like I would say that, like when we've eaten them, like we generally, like what we'll do is we'll like kind of cut them up into fourths, and we'll we'll <laughs> eat like two or maybe three of those. So we're like not eating the per, equi- per person or family for, per person. So we're not eating the equivalent Ooh. of a full cookie. Oh, okay. You're eating two or three fourths. So you're not even eating a full cookie. Exactly. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. This feels like a Shark Tank thing. Was this on Shark Tank? It does. It does. Right. Yeah. I don't think like, so, it very though. much like there's, yeah, there, there's a few. Are you a Shank, a Shark Tank viewer? Uh, every, every once in a while. Yeah. This, and also, if you go to so if you go to merch.crumble.com, do you know what I? And I don't I don't mean to sound judgy about this, but do you know what I Y K Y K means? If I do, but if if you know, you know. Ooh, you're you, you're uh, more hip than I thought you were. Thanks. <laughs> that's a that's a very Gen Z thing to for you to know. And interesting. Okay, so you 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 did know and you knew. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't go to Petaluma much, but okay, I, this might be worth it. Um, well, I can, I, also if you delivery, but. if you're um, if you're ever in Southern California, they, there's the there's a million <laughs> of them down there. Well, that's harder to get to than Petaluma. Well, but, but I yeah. mean, but once you're down, I mean, once you're down there, they're they're everywhere. Like even in our like, if you go to our hometown on their little map, like there's there's like four of them or actually six of them that are like pretty easy driving distance from where we grew up so i like how cagey you're being about it as though like we haven't probably talked about orange county that much <laughs> um there's this hat which honestly I'd, i would wear this pink hat oh is there oh, I, there's merch i didn't oh I didn't. that's what i was talking about that's where that's where the iykyk me it comes like i'm oh. i would totally wear this this baking hat like i I don't like hats because it messes up my hair um but like i i, I kind of dig this hat hmm interesting although the, the milk hat looks they look like baby bottles so that's hmm, hmm. okay i i could also i'm a, i'm a sucker for uh cute socks i could there's one where they have socks that had just have pink cookie boxes on them kind of into that oh yeah this is yeah i mm, close this out I, I i should oh i should close this out too oh yeah this is i'm, I'm closing this 
Uh, but yeah, uh, I love cookies. Who doesn't love cookies? <laughs> anyway. All uh, right. Yeah. So anyway, the crumble really, really good. Highly, highly recommend. It's kind of, it's, uh, it's been, it's been kind of a fun routine we've had ever since discovering them where, so they, they, they announce their new flavors, like generally Saturday night or like Sunday morning for the week. And it's, it's it's fun to see what they have this week. I mean, some some weeks, like even this week, are not like the most exciting. But um, yeah, but they I assume just always have just like chocolate chip. Yeah, cho- like chocolate chip, and I think like the um, pink sugar cookie one are like ones that they regularly have. But then everything else kind of rotates. Um, do I have one, or is this a week where people get to save money? Yeah, I don't have one. Okay, so people should go go eat something healthy to offset Ryan's pick. 